Welcome to Mother Up. I'm Gianna DiMedio-Simon. And I'm Casey McDonald-Hosmer, and we are moms who absolutely love our new roles in life. But man, were we not prepared for some of the fine print in the job description. This motherhood thing is hard, especially balancing being a mom while still trying to be you. We find it crazy that after only a six-week consult with your doc, you're basically hung out to dry and have to figure out this tiny human and this new version of you practically alone. There are so many demands for taking care of a baby, but taking care of yourself is essential and sometimes falls by the wayside. We want a connection with our children and our partner that doesn't come at the cost of the relationships with our own selves. So you may be feeling down, but we're here to help you mother up because no one's tougher than a mother. We're using our firsthand experiences and our connections to experts across the country to bring you ways to feel confident, beautiful, and still vulnerable. And listen, we're new to the game, so we'll be learning right along with you. So pour that coffee. Or mimosa. We won't tell. It's time to to mother mother up. Hello, everybody. What's going on? Not a lot here, except there's gunk in my nose and throat and chest. and Yeah, your whole house got hit with the cold. Except my husband. Like, literally, me and Jack are, like, these booger messes. Yeah, but didn't he have like some, immune. like, stomach virus? Yeah, he had – no, it was, like – he has this, like, gastro thing, so mm, – Which also sounds special. But you can't catch that, so that's good. But my waistline is <laughs> not benefiting <laughs> from this because all I want when I'm sick is white bread. Like, so, literally chemical bread. Speaking of waistline, I have been on this health plan, I'm going to call yeah, it. Yeah, I'm, I'm so ready for this. I for don't me. like the word diet. I'm working with a registered dietitian – on this health plan. And the goal of it is to decrease bloat and increase energy. Inflammation is the root cause of everything. Yeah. And I think that we're seeing that more and more. And yes, so like you having inflammation now in your 30s can lead to something catastrophic in your 50s, you know, or sooner. So this is important for you to do this. But what's interesting, and I want you to tell everybody about this, there has to be such a science to blood type for diet. It's interesting. I don't know if it's that. I think it's more just that there's like certain things in your body. Like, like it's really hard to just do like a blanket statement for what's mm-hmm. going to work for you to lose weight. Everyone or lose do the, the Atkins diet. Everybody right. do keto. Like it right. doesn't. That's yeah. Yeah. So what I liked about and it's not sustainable. This woman that I'm working with is she asked you to send over a blood panel, and I had a recent one from you know work with that I was doing with a doctor over the summer, and she evaluated it individually for. Uh, you know, and so what patients. did she find? Like, what was she like? Okay, this and this and this are she just saw fixing. some areas like magnesium, I could use a little bit of and that is like for that's um, so buzzworthy everywhere. Uh-huh. Everyone's talking about magnesium. Everyone's talking about um, gluten free, which you're doing. Yes. So gluten free, dairy free. And I'm like, miserable about the fact that I feel great. <laughs> that's right. That's because one I'm of my like, questions. I like, are you wanna- hungry? I'm hungry, not like only probably because I'm I'm waiting a little bit longer to eat. Like it's on me to stick to the times. And that's actually why I like I've only done anything like this twice in my life. And it's once after I had Sienna and now after I had Asher, I'm like really trying to get serious about yeah, it. And you know what the worst part about both of those times is because you sent me your diet plan you did after Sienna is the no dairy. Yeah. But so this one is only for like the first three to four weeks. So it's elimination. Yeah. And it went right. So and it's like you log every day how you feel, like what your your energy level is, like how you feel after meals. The hardest thing is eating out. 
the hardest yeah. thing is when you go to restaurants and you don't know how it's prepared and you're like that idiot that you're like, well, do you cook it in olive oil? And then, yeah. then, 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 but see, the know. way I look at it is like, yeah, I want to be serious about this for eight weeks, but I also want to just, I want to find something that's sustainable for me to live. Like, I don't want to crash diet. You just moved to Florida and you have all these friends in this awesome yeah. circle and like, you know, we're gonna have cocktails. Right. But make smarter choices. Like tonight I'm going out to a Mexican restaurant and while I would probably order the seafood enchiladas that are covered in cream and covered in cheese and covered in like all the delicious stuff and then feel awful after and be like, I don't know why I feel this way. (laughs) Like I will probably get chicken, like some type of shredded chicken with vegetables that's not covered in a sauce and just add some avocado to it. She's, she's yawning. She's over it. She hates it. But you know, there really is a difference in how I feel after it. Did you see, speaking of all of these tests done and how Chick-fil-A chicken is coming back? I don't want to hear it. Contraceptives. I don't want to hear it. Well, and it makes sense. And you don't think about this. So they have to give the chickens contraceptives. They don't want them like laying eggs, you know, because they're meat, chi- they're meat chickens. Like they're, they don't want the eggs. You're, you're not the egg chicken. You were not chosen for that. So that is in the meat and they're finding it. Oh boy. I know. Oh, Do you eat Chick-fil-A boy. a lot? We are Chick-fil-A lovers. But Chick-fil-A, I feel like the general rule is like in and out Chick-fil-A five guys are safe. Like those are, they have values <laughs> and they stand for something. I don't and know. Chick-fil-A but that's, has fresh flowers on the table. But that's actually why a lot of people don't like Chick-fil-A and some of those places because their values aren't also aligned with the, another person. Okay. Well, they still have birth control in their chicken. So you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, come on, man. Like, come on. Let's. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's an incredible business. I mean, Mark read yes. the book about the CEO, was actually hoping to learn a little bit more. But I mean, damn it, if you do not go in that line and you just feel like you are so important and you feel I love like Chick-fil-A. everything Listen. is is efficient and logistic and it's- And it's, clean it's, and yeah. nice and yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think they have great programs for their employees too. A hundred percent. Yeah. But yes. I know no, no, no. Very, Listen, it's controversial. I think, I think that those businesses are great. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they're like you said, like they take care of their own for sure. Yeah. But this, so to go back to what you were saying, yes, this program is like, okay, don't just get cage free eggs, but get okay, pasture so, raised. So I thought it was free range was the right one to get, but now you're, now it's pasture raised. Yeah. That's what they're saying. And so, like, am I going to go out to eat and be like, hi, do you have pasture-raised eggs? No, I'm not going to do that. But, like, it's going to help me at least make choices. I'm not going to starve myself. I'm not going to not live my life. But I, I I, like it because it's just teaching me how to make better decisions in eating. It also stinks that you you are, like, in a – I feel like you're, like, in a video game and you're like, duh antibiotic chicken well like, yeah right. ah, can't have that like and you're like just running for your life like well, here's I really, the funny thing i don't want to have to think that hard having <sighs> kids you don't realize how much you just mindlessly eat because they're constantly snacking and eating all day long yes like last night i literally took a video of myself <laughs> because i just so mindlessly picked up a fry and put it in my mouth for and no I reason. was like, for Ugh! no, you had no business. No, like, you just did it like off of it. Sienna's plate because she didn't eat the rest of it. And I was always like, yeah, I'm going to finish the rest of this mac and cheese or the rest of this pasta or the rest of this, right. this fry. And I like took a video of myself and I sent it to my best friend. I was like, wow, like didn't even know I, there was not even brain thought involved in me do- doing this. Like my body, you just didn't send that text to me, went and did that. No, I sent it to Brittany. 
(laughs) (laughs) You were busy at the time. I didn't know that you wanted a video of me spitting a French fry out into a trash can, but I can certainly send it to you if you want. I was just going to say something and now I don't remember, but I think it was along the lines of, you know, I I really don't want to have to think. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. So when we were growing up, like Jersey... Philly, like we're tough. We're like, ah, oh, just eat it. Like, here's a hoagie. Like, whatever. Like, here's a greasy slice of pizza. And I remember, like, you always used to make fun of Californians because they're like, oh, I oh like yeah, sprouts and my avocado and like my my Ezekiel bread. And now we're like, tell us the thing. I know. So, like, now we're becoming tell that. us this this like ancient knowledge that you guys have. But it's that's the other thing is it's easier to access this kind of food, but like the better quality food in certain places. Yeah. It really is. And the problem is the easier stuff is generally the unhealthy stuff. And that's why they talk a lot about yeah. like the socioeconomics to it and why there's more obese in like in communities where there isn't. Well, this the new stuff is this Bill Gates appeal. Have you heard about that? No. It's this genetically modified produce. And basically, like it's this I there's something with the peel, like the skin of the fruit oh. that it lasts longer and it's in targets and it's to your point, like it's available. It's probably cheaper. Yeah. It lasts. The shelf life is longer. So you're like, what am I eating? I like, was just what is this? watching something that was like, once you start growing your own foods and then you can just it, it to what you get in the grocery store, yes. you're like, what is yes. this? And the other thing that's scary is like how quickly the food store food deteriorates and then, like, when you grow your own stuff, like, you can grow forever. tomatoes and they yeah. sit in the bowl for, like, two weeks and you're like, oh, I should eat. Like, they'd have mold by now if they're from the grocery store. I don't know. Like I said, I've just been dipping my toe on this healthy stuff. Do you guys I've- have space for, like, raised beds or, like, gardens outside? Because I'm sure Sienna would, like, uh, live for that. Space for it is one thing, but mental yeah. capacity to do that, no. Okay, I'm going to tell you this. So Eric and I, during um, COVID, when we were out in Coronado, we got a veg pod. Look it up. It's like an Australian company, I think. And it's, you can get big ones. You can get like, they're, you can probably get one that's like a three by one, um, like long skinny. And it has a dome over it. So it keeps the bugs out and you just screw your hose into it. No, it, Eric I, loved it. I'm just like, sitting here giggling because I can no. only imagine what Mark would say. I had a basil plant one time because I was going to make sauce. I kill them every time. Every time. No, Mark Asked, oh, that's so nice. Who sent us flowers? <laughs> you know what's so funny? So Eric was like the anti-cat guy, and he's like, oh, my God, like my girlfriend has a cat. This is his cat now. Like he always jokes. He's like, if we got divorced, like I'm taking the cat. And I'm like, this is my cat. Like they're like best friends. The only flower like he knows what it is is a lily because hmm. Phil ate a lily once oh, and had to right. go to the ER. And Eric's like – I told you not to have these lilies on the house, but like so protective of the cat, like my fault. And I'm like, yeah, bro, I've had lilies for eight years and this cat has never been interested. But then you bring a kid home and the cat's like, I'm killing myself. Totally not a plant guy. We're, I mean, still even just figuring out working with a landscaper, considering we've been like city kids our whole life. Um, so I don't know that we'll be growing our own vegetables. You know what else Eric learned? And you'll know this because Florida, he knows what a bougainvillea is. Oh, yeah. Those are everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. And yeah. those are hardy. But no, it get a veg pod, get <laughs> seeds, and have Mark and Sienna do it. I, sw- I promise you, that'll before he takes a pee in the morning, he will go Sienna out and check on those. Sienna would probably love it. They actually have her gardening at her preschool, Aww. and she does love it. Yeah. It's veg pod. They're, it's worth every penny because there's a reservoir in the bottom. So 
yes, dipping my toe in this health thing. But, you know, I'm so on the other end of the spectrum and not like going crazy into the no, lifestyle. but you're interested in I'm it. I'm interested and you're not, in like, it. burying your head in the And sand. I want to yeah. do where, where I think is reasonable and what fits in to my lifestyle. I mean, Casey will send me these reels on Instagram of like, this has chemicals and this is killing you and this has this. And I'm like, okay, cool. So don't drive a car, don't have carpet and (laughs) don't, what was it? Like, don't eat eggs. Like, okay, got it. Got it. But I will say like my aunt Lorna has chickens and her eggs are noticeably different. Yeah. When Jack has like store-bought eggs, he gets eczema. Really? Yes. And with hers, nothing. Mm. Yeah. And the mm. and the egg yolks are like bright orange. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think there's truth to a lot of it, but Yeah. But listen, I mean, just educate yourself. Yeah. Just make make smarter choices 80% of the time, 75% of the time. I mean, that's Yeah. I can't I I want to fi- I want your doctor's information too or your nurse's information. Yeah. Oh, uh, and what I meant to say is cuz <clears throat> she talks a lot about the leaky gut. That's like the whole part that's, of this. Yes. Is to is to heal the leaky gut that pretty much happens to everybody just because of the way that our food is and, and what we eat and that it starts to come out in your late 20s, 30s, and 40s because it has been happening over time. So Taco it's like Bell for ages and it's like giving us time to, to heal that and then hopefully things will be better and you'll, you'll feel healthier. So I will keep y'all updated on that. If anybody wants the information, I'm happy to share it. Um, but she's gatekeeping. I'm not gatekeeping. Not gatekeeping. I will tell anybody whatever they want to know. I just, I just like it again. I think the accountability is is DM leaky gut to Gianna, and she'll share the information. <laughs> oh, the other thing that freaks me out: these parasite cleanses people are doing. Have you seen these? No, and I don't know that I want to know. I don't know the validity to this, but I just saw one. There's this doctor I follow, and it'd be really interesting to get her on. She said. She had a client that had a five-year-old nonverbal child. The parasite that came out of this child no. was like, no. I swear no. to God, I swear to God, like insane. No. There was just a woman who had like a parasite in her brain. Remember that? Yeah. There was like a, just a story in the news. Like it's, I need to do more research on it, but it's definitely. In the words of my daughter, no, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of words, what's Jack's words of the of late? No. No, yeah. No. He does know a lot. Let me tell you something. That doesn't go away. He's, he's <laughs> working on bracelet because he has a bracelet that Eric got him and he's working on bracelet. He Cute. says kitty cat. We're working on truck. He loves trucks. We sit at the driveway and watch the trucks go by. Oh, cute. He's such a boy. What cute. about Asher Man? What's he up to? He's not really saying much yet. I like kind of think he's saying Baba sometimes when he's like Aww. upset and sees it like across the room and knows that I'm bringing it to him and has zero patience because he's a ma- me. A big he's dude. A de- and he's he's like, a demedio. Yeah. Um, and he'll say Mama every now and then. And like, I feel like he's yeah. starting with Dada, but there's nothing consistent that he's right, like, right, saying right. yet. Yeah. Yeah. But he's just and the he's sweetest. crawling. He's he's army leg crawling. Yeah, yeah. He's Think got he's it. moving with his left leg and just kind of bringing the right one along for the ride. This is fast though for boys. You That's think? early, right? I Sienna was I Sienna. I feel like I I've I've stopped comparing Asher well, to the milestones the or to her. Girl. Yeah, she's just beyond. Like she, everything. She walked really late, but she was communicating very early. Yeah. She was saying "mama" by six months. Little Mary Poppins. Yeah. Yeah, she has a whole bag of tricks. Practically perfect in every way. She's just so cute. We literally have to have her on one day. <laughs> yes. Her, well, she always comes over and Jack like always loves the microphone. He's I know. Like, Hi. We have to have a day where we interview them. Anyway, 
to today's episode. Lovely Sarah Walsh is here. She's the best. She is a tough, tough chick. Cookie. Yeah. Like rock bottom multiple times over. Yeah. It was really nice to have her be as transparent as she was about it. Like really no holds bar. I was just like, this was the hardest thing I've ever had to go through in my life. And here's why. And here's how I responded to it. Well, here's we how I talked felt. about it. In that she was like, I do not want any woman, whether they're struggling, not struggling, going through like anything, to look at me and be like, look at her two perfect kids. And she has the perfect life and the perfect husband and the perfect job. And she's on TV. And she's like, that's not that's not what it was. Like, she's like, that's so far from the truth. And she's because she talks about experiences where she did that. And she looked at other women and said, oh, my God, look at they have the the perfect thing. And she's like, you just never know what's going on behind closed doors. And that like you think somebody has it so easy and there and like therefore you're the anomaly because it's so hard there's something wrong with you you trying to conceive or for you you know and at the end of the day it's like literally everybody is having some sort of issue and it's a shame that that's the way but you know this whole mission is to just have women understand that this is not any fault of their own this is not something they're going through alone and that we as women are all standing together and having each other's back and supporting each other in this crazy, crazy thing of life and conceiving and raising children. Um, so with that, here's today's episode with Sarah Walsh. Sarah Walsh, you are a superstar on everyone's television set, <laughs> University of North Florida soccer star. So you are an athlete through and through. You don't just talk the talk, you walk the walk. You have two beautiful children, twins, Breeze and Hutton. Just tell us about what you do for work and your family life. Um, first of all, that intro is really overblown. Um, (laughs) not a star at any level, but I, I did play college soccer at the university of North Florida. Uh, I grew up playing sports. I have worked, um, covering sports since the second I got out of college in all sorts of different capacities in different places. And currently I am on NFL network, Uh, covering the NFL. And um, I also recently in the last year joined TNT Sports for all of their coverage of U.S. soccer national team games. So anytime the U.S. women play or the U.S. men play national team games, uh, excluding the World Cup, I host the pregame, postgame, halftime coverage. So that's been super cool as a former soccer player getting to do that. And it's been a real challenge and a fun fall sort of holding down um, two different gigs uh, that are going full tilt at the same time. So it's been a busy fall, but a fun fall. And, um, and I love it. Oh, and then I have some kids on the side. All of I was going to say, that's a third well, gig. That's what I was just going to say is you and your husband are ships passing in the night. Uh, your husband is involved in baseball. The, the nice thing is he's off for the most part of your busy season, but it's, it doesn't make things any easier. So how do you navigate that? So everyone's like, oh, how are you? How are you doing this? And I'm like, I'm not. I mean, I'm, you know, the, the analogy of like the duck swimming and they're like pedaling so hard under the water and like they're just floating. Uh, so my mother is a massive, massive help. And um, we kind of got caught in a situation down in Florida where we were here for spring training when COVID happened. We didn't live here. So we started when we had these kids, we didn't live near my mom and we made it work and it wasn't crazy. I think there's just different seasons of people's lives where you're really busy. And then there's times where you're not busy. And um, actually to your point, Casey, this was the first year he stepped away from baseball 
And because it had honestly had gotten to be too much, like our lives were so out of control. And he was also in Canada. (laughs) Yeah, on top of it. Not only was it baseball, but yeah, yeah. he played. And then when he went into coaching, he took this job in Canada. And at first I'm like, hey, there's there's only one team not in the country. And that's (laughs) this is what we're going to do. And Toronto ended up being awesome in terms of like super fun city to visit. But then when COVID happened, they had different restrictions than we did. It became really difficult to take the kids over the border. It was just always like... If you're traveling with kids, it's always something. Uh, it's 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 not yeah like it's not the easy. If we were going from Tampa to Atlanta, and I have two one year olds and I'm by myself, like it's yeah not you're the, outnumbered. It's not the easiest, but then we added in layers of of different COVID restrictions of having to have paperwork that prove you were they were your kids when you travel. It just ended up it was a lot. It was um, a lot, and then uh, it was really difficult. I think now it's weird when you're in something, you just kind of do it, and you don't realize, and you make it work, and you're like, "Hey, I'm going to go here. I'm going to do this. Um, this person's going to cover me here." And I remember the last two years for football season, the day that baseball would end, and he would come back. I remember just like this insane sense of relief because I'm like, "Oh my gosh, tomorrow when I get called in," because with my job, it's not a normal nine to five, right? So right. something could happen, and it's like, "We need you on air tomorrow at this time." And I had no other person. Uh, well, and this is why we ended up staying in Florida because my mother was here. But the difference in my sense of relief when when he was back in the country because I, if I got called on something, no problem. They have a dad. The dad, right. like their dad, can take care mm-hmm. of them. And I, for you know, nine months out of the year, wouldn't have that. And so it was that trying to like juggle, and it was really really hard. But like I said, you just kind of you just like survive it, and you do it, and you you, you know everyone, and like no matter what job you're in, you kind of just do what you have to do. But he took a step back from baseball this year. And it's so weird now because the season for people that uh, miss the playoffs or just, it's just starting. The playoffs are just starting. And it blows my mind that I'm like, there's a scenario like you still hadn't come home. Like correct now in my mind, football yeah. started like two months ago. And I feel like these kids in Florida, they start school early. They've been in school so and them starting school is a whole other ball game that I didn't know anything about. I didn't like, I wasn't somebody that was like really knew anything about kids, to be honest. And this <laughs> kindergarten thing starts last year. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so much work. Yeah. And I'm getting bombarded. Like, you know, I have two kindergartners at the same time. And um, it was like and a boy another, and a girl. So definitely different interests different, on different, top of that. Yeah. And it was just like, I felt like I was getting bombarded at all times. And I was like, alone, like there was just no relief. And now thinking about he would have, if he had stayed there another year, he would have gotten home yesterday. And or maybe today, and I'm like, I can't comprehend at all, even though I did it, how I would have yeah. gotten through the last two months. Like, there's no, it's one of those things where, like, you did it. So, like, how'd you do it? Right. And when you're and in now, it, when you're not doing it. Yep. Yes. Now I'm like, I, I actually don't know. I, yeah. I don't know how I did it. Um, so that's been like a blessing, and that's not going to last forever. It was just like, you know, there's different seasons in life, and there was a window of like a, a pretty good window of a year where. I know what it's like to have help and um, it's appreciated. It's funny that you say that because Casey and I are kind of living parallel lives and traveling around the country. We just recently settled and bought a house here in Naples, Florida. Same thing, kind of got stuck here over COVID, really liked it. Still traveled throughout the country, but then decided this is where we wanted to settle. Casey, as you know, traveling all over the place. And I now yeah, you look You guys were like her. Goldilocks and you found something. Yeah, yes. but I now look at her and I'm like, oh, I don't know how you do it with a baby and you're doing all this traveling. And I'm like, and she's like, but you just did it. You just, you were yeah, doing yeah. that. And you get a break of oh, it. Yeah. You're like, how did I do it? How yeah. Did I no, do I don't here's, know. Here's the thing that, and maybe Sarah, you can shed some light on this because so many women now do work. And so many women have these goals that decades ago, our mom's generations, it was like, no, 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 no. Like you stay home, you raise the kids. And so many women want to get out and have their own identity. So when you are surviving, 
Like when you are going through the motions, like kids are fed, everyone's clothed, everyone's where they're supposed to be. Like I'm on air, my husband's where he's supposed to be. How easy is it to get disconnected from your husband? And then how do you, are there any things that you guys would do to like snap back into it and not just be robotic and surviving? Well, I think now I, again, stark contrast took a, like a full year off to basically be here. But yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't have a normal life. It's it's funny. You said that about like our moms and it's a different generation. So my mom worked, she was a school teacher, but her, I think what she has never understood about my job is that like, there's not a set schedule. Mm -hmm. So she worked Monday through Friday. And when you're a school teacher, by the way, I'm not saying her job's not hard because I went to class with her like one day for one hour. And I was like, couldn't do it. Couldn't (laughs) do it. Like I had the worst headache. I was like laying on the couch and she's, she was saying like, you're going to come to school tomorrow. I'm like, are you kidding me? That was like, that was terrible. That was like so hard. Um, but she would never get called in on a Saturday or Sunday. Like that just didn't exist. And so working holidays didn't exist working. Right. And I think she still is when I'll be in like three different cities in four days and three different games in two days, I, you know, crazy travel. Like she doesn't understand that. And she's like, that's not normal. She'd be like, can't you just say that you didn't? I'm like, that's not how it works because my experience, my work experience is different. You know, everyone's experience, depending on what you do is different. And so, but there is times when you say disconnected. I mean, there was times, especially COVID, um, we'd go, uh, I don't know if it'd be months without seeing each other, but definitely like a a month or two, or I've looked at schedules where it just doesn't line up. And there's like, there's just no way I can get there. And the kids added another layer onto it, but it was never kids or no kids. It wasn't going to be easy just because it was two conflicting schedules. Um, and then Casey, you, you know, this too, like the, the baseball season, even the off season short and, and it feels even shorter because your months off are October, November, December, people are rushing yeah. around. So take out November. Yeah. You're not going anywhere. Cause it's Thanksgiving. Take out <clears> December <throat> because it's all those holidays. So what do you, it's like October, not if you're deep in the playoffs, which is the goal. Right. So Correct. January. And so it's, for me, it was always just like, I felt like it's a, well, the other thing too is of. it's two moves. You move for spring training and then yeah. you move again. No other sport does that. Yep. It's, and, and some of us move out of the country and some of us, right. you know, the, the two COVID. And I think that was the hardest thing is, um, if you weren't in that Toronto thing, you wouldn't have known, but, um, they couldn't even go to Toronto like the one year. So then they were moving to Buffalo and it would be like, don't, don't get a place because that year it was like, don't get a place because plans could change. Maybe we get allowed to, to be back in Toronto. But so saying don't get a place and just run a hotel that doesn't work with two babies. That doesn't work with two toddlers. That doesn't work like single doing your own thing. No problem. Like that's not a problem. And so I just think it's, what was hard for me is, it's just not, it wasn't, um, there's just nothing normal about it. And that's not to say there's not great things about anything. And I, I love traveling and we've gotten to see and do so many different things. But uh, I also know like what I was doing and how we were doing it. It's not sustainable long-term. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's fun for a window. And I remember everyone saying to me too, you can do whatever you want with your kids before they turn five. And then once they're in school, that's a different ball game. It can't just be like, we're going to go here, we're going to do this. And it's true. It's, it's a structure that until last year we didn't have. And it does change everything and it does change what you can do. And it does change. Um, I think my biggest eye opener is like I said, how much work is involved of you send them to school, but I'm like, I'm the one that's getting these assignments. Like I'm the one that's having to put these projects together. And so it's not easier. It's not easier (laughs) when you are tethered to one spot or is it Uh, Gianna, you can weigh in too. Cause I mean, like you guys are planted. Yeah. And we still haven't even felt totally planted because we still had our place in Nashville and we didn't know if we were going to do it permanently, but we've, I, we kind of, I sort of had to sit there and go, 
look, it's hard enough. Like things are hard mm-hmm. enough. How can you make, and this I think applies to anybody's situation. Like life is hard enough. How can you make certain aspects of life easy on yourself? And I realized that without my mom, yeah. I was going to be just getting crushed even more than I was. So that's how we made that decision. Like at some point you just sort of have to like, look at the facts and the circumstances in front of you and how can you make difficult situations manageable? And, you know, and, and that's how, you know, people make decisions on that. But yeah, it, in some ways it gets harder. I remember being, I re- distinctly remember being in Indianapolis on the sideline in the middle of a game. It was in the third quarter. And like, I have one mom friend <laughs> that texts me and's like, Hey, her kids are in our class. And she's like, did you complete the Turkey projects that are due for tomorrow? And I'm like, <laughs> no. And currently I'm in Indianapolis and it's already Sunday at four o'clock and I'm in the third quarter of a game. And, uh, so that's not going to happen for tomorrow. And I I just like, it's, it's moments like that, that I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> what am I right? Like, it's just, I've tried to be like, nice to myself is just happens. They say the best hack for parenting is to live near the grandparent. And I find that yeah. very true. <laughs> so seems like you've found that out as well. Yeah. It's not even, um, and my mom was also, I mentioned like she was a school teacher, so she's better with the kids than I am. <laughs> she knows what works. Oh, yeah. She's like She'll go through their folder and she's like, you didn't do this with them? And I'm like, I don't know. But I'm really fortunate that she was a teacher for like 30, 40 years. And so she like helps me greatly in that department. I want to transition to the reason for this month and the reason that we're doing this series of episodes. And that is in particular with your story is um, infertility and um, pregnancy loss. And your story... I remember I remember reading it and just like sobbing because I feel like you were really one of the first people who were in the public eye who made a point at least in in my scope of view yeah. in my in my world that I was in, in in that television world and you really made a point to bear it all and not and I and I remember in the article that you wrote, you said, I didn't want just this picture of twins. I'm paraphrasing here, but like Mm -hmm. these beautiful, perfect children. And I didn't want people to think that I didn't struggle and that I didn't go through anything. So sorry, I'm getting so emotional, but I, I want people to hear your story. And now a quick word about our sponsor. So I want to talk about therapy real quick. We both have experiences with it. For me, I would not be where I am today (laughs) had it not been for therapy. I think especially as a mom, having outside perspective is super, super helpful. And we both, you and I both have transitioned to doing virtual therapy, especially because we're moving around so much. So it's like harder to be able to go into office and just nice to be able to do it wherever you're from. And I like it too, because I use it as my opportunity to go on a walk. I get Asher in the carrier or in the stroller. And I just take him for a walk and I get my physical and mental exercise at the same time. So BetterHelp is so great with this because it really makes it easy for people to find somebody that is right for them. They have this questionnaire, really narrows it down, like what kind of therapy that you're looking for. Something that I never really thought of too until I saw it on BetterHelp. But like, do you want somebody that's going to push your faith in your therapy? Do you want somebody who's going to give you homework at the end of therapy? You know, it's really tailored to like, how do you work best? And then that's when it sets you up with a therapist. They have chat sessions, phone sessions, video sessions. The scheduling is so easy to do, which of course is like the best part because as a mom, the schedules are all over the place. So if you have- Fluid. Yeah. Yeah. Constantly changing. If you have something that just makes it easy to schedule, then you're going to stick with it. And it's 
really important to be able to do. All these therapists on BetterHelp are licensed, trained, experienced, and accredited experts. You know you're getting somebody that's really going to help, somebody that's going to be good. I actually am in the process of signing up right now because my therapist who I was doing telehealth with, she's in Massachusetts. She can't treat me anymore because I'm not in Massachusetts. And I've been with her for seven years. So that's a daunting task. And I tried to find somebody here in Chicago in person and it just, it wasn't right for me. It was really frustrating to me. So this is a better way. You have this company who's setting out to pair you up with someone that you're going to be compatible with. I think that's a lot better than doing it on your own. Totally makes a difference. So we know that it's helped us. We want it to help you. We're partnering with BetterHelp to give you 10% off your first month of therapy. So you can sign up at betterhelp.com slash mother up or use the code mother up and you're going to get the help that you need. It's going to be great. Casey's going to take us on this journey and let us know how it's been going for her too with the new therapist because I know that is scary, but it'll be great. So BetterHelp, 10% off for your first month. Sign up at betterhelp.com slash mother up or enter code mother up. I think you're right in the sense of, I feel like now you do see it a lot more, a lot more. And I was super private um, with everything, which is ironic because then the way it came out publicly, which I, I did, but when I was going through it, so it's like, goes back to what you're saying about your scope. When I was going through the things that I was going through, and this is, you know, multiple miscarriages and then it's the IVF road and all of that stuff. Um, and just, you know, bad news after bad news after loss. And I didn't, I, I couldn't say that I could point to many people that I had known that had said anything about it. And I remember I had um, my doctor, my IVF doctor, who's awesome. And I loved him so much because he had a sense of humor. And I needed that because it was things were so bad. Like all I could do is like laugh about it in in some ways or like, you know, that's how I would handle it. If I didn't like make jokes, like I just was going to drown. And um, I remember like it's when you are trying to get pregnant and you can't. And actually that wasn't my case. My case was that I could get pregnant, but I couldn't keep them. And when you're going through that, it's, it's you know, it's like the laws of attraction, like everyone's pregnant. Like that's mm-hmm. all you can see because you're so sensitive to it. And I remember going through a loss and like two days later having to get on an airplane. And I swear, I remember it was Southwest. And I swear to God, there were like six people in the like little thing where you line up and they're all pregnant. Mm-hmm. It's like all you could see. And so I remember in the years I was going through this, that's all I could see is everyone being pregnant. I remember being sent and doing a story um, with someone who like hadn't wanted to be pregnant or like, we didn't mean to get pregnant. And like, it's always constantly that. And I'm just sitting there like, yeah, okay. It's really hard. It was just so in your face about stuff and um, having to do like these mother's day episodes on sports center when I had just like gone, had just had a loss. Like it was all of this stuff would compound. And I remember always going into the doctor's office and being like, everyone can get pregnant and everyone can. I remember one time somebody was on the cover of people magazine that was like 50 or older. And I'm like, they, they can get pregnant. And he's like, Sarah, you know, they can't like in the sense of there's people are getting a ton of help. Like people are getting far more help than you think. Um, everyone's not just getting pregnant as easily as you think they are. And he's like, it's far more prevalent what you're going through than you have any idea of. And, and so that conversation just sort of stuck with me that I was like, if I can ever get to the point, and even when we had the twins, so uh, the twins, we only had two eggs through all the IVF cycles we ever had. We only had two eggs. That's wow. all they could salvage. And that's You were 38 not- at the time you were, became no, pregnant? No, I was probably like 35 when it started. Okay. Got pregnant at 35, okay. got pregnant at 36, got pregnant at 37, all those things. And then we're like, we have to go through this IVF cycle because we have to try to like have eggs genetically tested or um, something because I'm getting pregnant and it doesn't work. 
and it doesn't stay like, and I've had every form of miscarriage you can have and, and all of that stuff. But, um, and then the IVF thing is like a whole other like world of difficulty. And, you know, some people have great results and, you know, there's times you're doing cycles and you're paying for them. And there's like, there, we can't, it's not even worth doing like, or we can't salvage it or you go through the whole procedure and none of them, um, survive. And at, at the end of the day, we only had two eggs that we could genetically test. So we tested these two eggs. They came back okay. Those are the twins now. But when when doc- doctors will tell you, like, there's a percentage, and maybe I wasn't even that clued into it then, like, the chances of just having two eggs and they both work when you put them in is not, not good. No, it's not good at all. Like, I should have been like, there's no chance this is going to work. But I also didn't put them in. Like, I just kept them on ice for a long time because I was like, this is literally all we have. And if it doesn't work, like, we are out of, we've exhausted every option. Like, we have no options left. So that fear of, like, Potentially yeah, not having in. your own children. Wow. Yeah, yeah. You didn't even want to look at idea, it. It was just the idea of it is terrible we've been through, but here is a little bit of hope somewhere in like a freezer down in New Haven, Connecticut. <laughs> like right. there is there exists a piece of hope that hasn't been taken away from me. And I felt like if we put them in, it, there's a good chance like there's no hope left wow. um, in that capacity. And so the only reason, I mean, I'm, I'm sure at some point we would have put them in, but um, my doctor, I got had a, ro- a torn rotator cuff and he calls me out of the blue and he's like, we need to put these in. And he was, he's like, I'm going into surgery and then I'm not going to be here for a while. And he was eventually, he was going to leave the practice too. And I think he knew that and wanted to see this through and had been working with me for a while. So he's like, we got to put them in. Like, we got to just try it. And he's like, what if we put it in and like two of them work? Like, wouldn't you be happy? Like, wouldn't this all be worth it? And I just didn't want to put him in. Like, I just didn't want to do it. But I had no choice because he was going to leave. And so put them in and then they both, and they worked. But the first thing they tell you is, you know, it's twins now. That doesn't mean you're having twins. Like there's, again, the percentages. And for me, my experience, and I think anyone that has been through this would know this. If you get pregnant and you have a baby, all you know is like, you've been pregnant and it works. And you have a baby shower and you have, I got pregnant the first time we ever tried to like, have a family. And I'm like, Oh, okay, this will be fine. And people are like, you're so healthy. You're, you know, all they'll say all those things and you know, people, but there's people that are 22 and are healthy. And this is what I tried to, there's people that are 22 that are healthy, that there's no reason. It just doesn't work. Yeah. It, it affects everyone. It doesn't, I mean, obviously it gets harder as you get older, but there's also a 22 year old out there right now. That's like, this doesn't make sense. Like, why can't I have this happen for me? I'm not, you know, even over the age of where they say it's difficult. So I just think that like, what's taken from you is the innocence of the fact that this is just going to work. And I thought it was going to work. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this was easier than like, who knew? Like, this is great. And I remember Krista Thompson, who, you know, like I remember immediately like bought me baby stuff. And then I remember having to go to Nordstrom and like take it back. Cause I wasn't going to keep it. Like after I lost the baby the first time. And I remember, and she's like, did something just not work out with these things? And I'm like, Yep. And like just that pain of, you know, things like that, that, you know, you go through and, it forever would alter. And even if that was just, and they were like the first time they're like, this carriages are so common. Like you'll be pregnant again. It'll be fine. Like all of those things. It's still like in the back of your head. And then when it happens to me again, and then what happens again. So even when I, it alters the idea that, that just because you're pregnant, you're going to have a baby. Like that did not yeah. mean anything to me. It didn't mean that I was going to have a baby because I was pregnant and having twins on the first time they look at an ultrasound doesn't mean I'm having twins. And so I never had a baby shower. I never had, I never even told people I was pregnant. I didn't tell anyone, but my parents and Matt's parents that we were having twins. Um, I tried, I hit it on TV. Um, 
and for all of those reasons, because I just never really allowed myself to think, I never thought for sure they were going to be here. And like, again, I know people are, are like, you have to be positive and you have to have hope. Right. But I think the reality is, is when you've suffered losses in the back of your head, you know that this can be taken away. Well, it's a defense mechanism. I mean, yeah. you're, did you ever grieve that? that not being able to be excited? I think a lot later down the line, but I always just told myself, like, we didn't have cribs. We didn't have anything. Like, we just didn't, we had nothing, like, prepared to have these kids because I thought, in my mind, if they showed up, if they got here, we'll figure out the rest. Like, we would just be so lucky that they got here. Mm -hmm. A little bit sad, like, later down the road. Like, it's just more, like, I didn't ever get to have the fun I don't have even a lot of pictures of me pregnant because I was so busy trying to hide it Mm -hmm. that, yeah, like I didn't get the like fun side of things and the part where you get to really enjoy it because the reality, it was just so stressful to try to get to the next week and to the next week. And, you know, it's like a countdown of like, when are they viable by? And if like by 24 weeks, they could potentially survive if something goes wrong. I mean, it was all of that. And I think I also did it under a really difficult, um, like miscarriages are not easy in any capacity, but it was like the traveling and the hiding it. And I think the one thing I learned that I try to tell people is that um, you have to do whatever is going to make a difficult situation easier for you. And what I did wrong is that I made a really difficult situation as hard as possible on myself. You know what I mean? Like I just constantly this fear of hiding it. And even the miscarriages that I was going through and I had one surgery and the doctor's like, you're going to be out of work for a week. And I went to work the next day and nobody has any idea this is like going on. And being in like, I remember I was at Michigan to do a Michigan football game. Like, like this was every, it happened like every start of every football season in that period of my life when we were going through it. And I remember how many did you have? You have four miscarriages? um, Four. Yeah. But your first one in your, in your health.com article, you said your first one you had on the desk. I mean, you showed up for work and you were, you were experiencing miscarriage on the desk. And you said, if I broke my ankle, no one would have batted an eye. No. If I like stubbed my toe, I would have no problem saying to the boss, like, and it would be very normal. And like, yeah, we got to get you, we got to get you medical treatment, like go to the hospital, whatever. I was in Montgomery, Alabama. Like you couldn't get rooms in Tuscaloosa. I'm with an all male staff. I was with a co-anchor that day that I had never worked with before. So it's not even like it was like one of my, you couldn't yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And somebody knew something was wrong. And the boss is like, can you go? And like, to your point, if it's an ankle, I would have been like, I I just felt, I just tripped and I broke my ankle. That sucks. Right. But I don't want to, I'm not even telling you when I'm pregnant and I don't know how to handle this. And I'm thinking I'm alone here. Like if I don't get back on this plane, it's just like irrational things that like, when you get removed, like I'm like, do I, if I don't get on the plane ticket that they bought me, like, am I ha- going to have to figure out a You're plane a ticket to buy home if right. I go to the hospital? Well, I mean, I knew I needed to go to the hospital and I didn't know if I could get on a plane and I'm, you know, going through all of this and then I'm having to go and there's like thousands of kids screaming behind you because it, it's yeah. the game day set situation and put a smile on my face. And I just know the co-anchor who didn't know well, like looked at me right before the show started. He's like, are you okay? And I, I don't actually don't even remember what I said, but I was just like, you know what I was worried about? I'm like, I can't tell him the truth because I don't want to put him in an awkward situation. Mm. Like I didn't, it just would make, I mean, how awkward are all these dudes going to be? Right. It's really a, like all male atmosphere in that regard. And again, to your point, Casey, no one really ever talked about anything there. And, um, and back then. And so I was so always worried about not wanting to make other people uncomfortable. uncomfortable. Yeah. And so, and then even like a year later being on, um, 
being on a set and I wasn't having the miscarriage there, but we had already had to make arrangements for surgery. Um, like that was going to happen on Monday and we're in, I was in Michigan on Saturday and I remember having to step out of a trailer to get on the phone, like with the doctors and stuff like that. And, you know, nobody has any idea what you're going through, but like, I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable about like what's happening to me. And so I was so consumed with that. And like IVF for anybody that's been through it knows, um, it's a ton of appointments that you can't control. Like you can't be like, I'm going to be there on Thursday at two o'clock. Doesn't work that way. Like it's, they do this blood work, they do these tests, they check stuff and they can be like, Oh, they're ready to go. Like you got to come in tomorrow and we're going to yeah. do this procedure. You have no control over anything. Mm-hmm. And the stress level that put on my life of like, this can't happen on Friday. Cause on Friday I'm on a plane to go to this. Well, place. your, like, your schedule is predetermined in what June, you know, like you probably get your assignments for the entirety of the football season. You know, granted you're taking out playoffs, but like, you know, you're going to be in Birmingham for three days. No, actually it doesn't because it depends on like who was good and like what turns into a good matchup. And so they were in that, phase of my life, they were making on Monday, you'd find out you needed to be on a plane Friday. And, um, and I was also on all morning shows there. And they, again, IVF people would know this, like they always do the blood work at night. I've been to multiple clinics and the ones that I was at, um, it would be like blood work opens at 6am and there'd be a line. It's not an appointment. So there was nothing I could do. And I, you just sit in this room with like all these people that are going through it. And I remember there was a time it was like 45 to 50 minutes away from the ESPN studios. And I had to be on, and I was like, I can't be at the meeting this morning, but like I was in new Haven, which was like like I said, 45 to 50 minutes away and the show was going to start in an hour. And I was like still there and like no hair, no makeup, no. And I'm just sitting there like freaking out. And this is a Sunday morning. So most people are not going from that to work on a Sunday morning. And I wasn't, there was just no like control over it. And I just never once had anyone that I could say like, Hey, here's what's going on with me. I need some help here. Cause like, I'm, I'm like, just compounding everything that's going on with just not wanting to like drop the ball anywhere and let anyone know. And so, like I said, my biggest takeaway is, is like, I think people, what we don't realize is when you're in those situations, is there people that would be helpful, you know, are there people that want to help? Like there's probably not like this, well, screw her. You know what I mean? Like I, if looking back, there's probably could have been, or should have been somebody I should have gone to and explained it to, but I was so fearful of, repercussions, like all these things that I made a situation that is at base level, insanely stressful, like 20 times more stressful. And I did that to myself. You know what I mean? And I think people, people put burdens on themselves and I'm not saying you need to walk into work and to announce it to everyone. I'm not saying that, you know what I mean? But there's a middle ground somewhere. There's a middle ground that if you can like take a step back and realize like, Hey, this is really hard. So like, what are some of the things that I can do to take a situation that's difficult and make it a little bit easier when you're already going to be dealing with like a difficult situation? My heart is heavy listening to this. And I'm so sorry that this was your experience. And this is what you went through because it seems like it was just stress before, during, and after all of these processes. Like, how did you even take a minute to, to say like, okay, I like, let me just breathe and let me be all right with this because you're, there's so many different stressful situations that you're handling all at one time. What did you do for your mental health during that time to, if anything, anything, yeah. yeah. Or is there something that you can look back and say, I've heard of women doing this now. I really wish I would have done that. Or, you know, how did you keep yourself in a positive state at that time? 
Uh, I wasn't. I mean, I was in a really bad place. Like there, like I, I can't even like lower than low. Like there's just no way to get lower than where I was in life then. And um, like I said, the only thing like I can say to people is find a way to make it easy on yourself. And I think yeah. it's different for everyone and everyone's going through different situations. And, you know, also for me on top of it, um, I didn't have someone around like Matt, my husband wasn't here. Yeah. Like he, yeah, he wasn't was around everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. Like on the other side of the country. So you go to an appointment, you get terrible news. Like I go to the hospital in the middle of the night cause I'm bleeding and like, you're getting this news that like, that's it. And like, you're just alone. And so um, like I said, it was just, it was really bad. I mean, there's not, there's like lowest point of my life. Terrible. Um, and so that's why I would say like, find a way. I hope everyone is, handles it better than I did. Um, because I, I didn't. And I think there's a lot of factors into why that, you know, makes sense. I think some of it's the environment that I worked in. I think some of it's who I am. Um, and a lot of it's bad luck, bad luck and timing. You know what I mean? Like the fact that this happens to me and I'm on a set in Alabama, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Those are just things that you can't control. So it was just one thing after another, but the one thing I can say to people that are really going through it because I've been there is there's no way, like, there's not like one thing somebody could have said to me. And I would have been like, Oh yeah, well that makes it better. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you have to go through it. And like at the lowest of the low, um, I can say that I've gotten past that, you know, and, um, and didn't give up like, and I'm not going to say I'm, po- I was not positive and, and anybody that knew. And when I say anybody, I mean like two people that knew like, no, know, know how beat up and, and I mean, like, I like to be quite honest, like suicidal at times. Wow. And like, um, like if that's just, if like, I'm being honest about stuff, but, and I would say like, nobody knew anything. And, um, which we hear about all the time now that people don't, you know what I mean? Like you never have any idea what's going on and and they're the happiest people or they're the nicest people or yeah. Yeah. And so, um, when you say things like, um, you know, when you, when I came out with that article, I think what became evident to me was that all the things that I thought about, like everyone had it so easy and nobody would have known what I was going through. But I think that I thought, okay, well, if out of the blue, I'm like, hey, I just had twins. I'm like, someone somewhere is going to be going through the same thing I was just going through. And they're like, look at her. She's now 37 and she just had twins. And so I think that um, that it made me be like, and again, I was like so internalized about everything. I just really didn't talk about anything personal, but I just felt like I wanted to do it that way. Is that how you are as a person? Is that how you are with everything? Or was it heightened with this because you felt some sort of shame either around it or because you were in a male dominated industry? Like, is it isolated to what you went through with conception or are you like that with other areas in your life? Um, I wouldn't say that I'm like a super like overshare of like, like put it this way. Like if I was breaking up with my boyfriend, I wouldn't be the girl that goes on Instagram and like putting the quotes up of like, (laughs) I'll get you back. I don't know. I don't, I mean, so I don't think I'm like that way. So I was never going to be someone that was like sharing every like moment of my pregnancy. Like I just, I'm so yes, there's part of it that I'm not that way there were like job factors that made things difficult for me that made it difficult to like, that just put me in difficult positions that I didn't want to have things used against me. You know what I mean? And maybe some of that was my own like perception of it being a problem. But, um, so yeah, it definitely, there's like probably like, a like a, a combination of several things that made it harder on me than I think it should have been. And, um, and maybe in people in other environments wouldn't have it that way. But 
uh, like I said, I just, if I, I knew if I could get through it and like at, at the end of the day, this works out. Okay. Cause there's a million times over that. I'm like, this isn't, this isn't going to happen. I thought that like, I just didn't want to be, I just wanted to be honest about like what, like to an extent of like what we went through to get there. And that, and I don't think everyone should have to be that way, but I just was like, I'm going to be like really like obvious about what happened here in the sense of, because I know someone's going through the same thing and thinking the same things that I was thinking. And even though my thinking might've been warped, like somebody else is thinking that same thing because when you're going through it and you're in it, that's all it like consumes everything. Like it consumes everything. Um, miscarriages, the, the IVF stuff, it is like an exhaustive situation. And I am like, we had these kids and it worked out and it's actually insane for us that it worked out. But I always tell people in terms of like, don't give up hope because, you know, as low as I was like you, like the next month, like everything could change and it took a long time and it definitely takes longer. There's other people that have gone through far worse um, than I have and, and far more cycles and far more, you know what I mean? And, and if, if it works out just once you're like, Oh my God, like that was worth it. Like I never thought, um, the second they were born, like I never thought I really didn't think about the other stuff anymore. You know what I mean? In the sense of, but they were, they were born prematurely. So didn't you have like a whole new can of fear worms opened in that sense? Yeah. I mean, they weren't in, um, they weren't in like the worst shape in terms of, I, again, people have had it far worse. How it, many weeks? And we were sort of, um, they were 34. Okay. So that's okay. not bad. Um, they were six weeks early. So not bad, but they also, we were warned throughout the whole pregnancy. It was high risk. It was twins, which are a whole other factor of potential complications. It's pretty standard for twins to come early. Yeah. So we weren't, I mean, obviously the day that it happened, we were like surprised because we just weren't ready. Cause you're never ready. Um, <laughs> when you've never had a kid before you you're, just can't imagine. And, um, but it wasn't, they, it was, it was, a, I'll put it this way. It was a little scary. Obviously they were hooked up to machines and stuff, but I remember mm-hmm. the NICU nurses who are the best and like the doctors will say stuff that scares you. Cause they're very medical and clinical and the NICU nurses, like everything they would tell me would be dead on. Like yeah. the doctor would be like, they're not going home for another two months. And the NICU nurse would be like, they can get out of here next week. Like they just, oh, wow. they would be, yeah. They, Everything I hear about NICU nurses oh is God. like, they're the best. Oh my they're, just God. A different, they're a different breed. Angels they are, yeah. they're incredible. And, um, yeah, just, and then it's so funny because you talk about like wanting to do, you know, work. So then I have these kids and I'm on maternity leave and I got laid off like on maternity leave. And so I worked so hard to get there. And, um, and that, and, but there was me for me, like I needed the identity of going back to work because your world is so not normal anymore. When you have kids and babies and the two of them, and you've never had a baby, let alone two, um, your world is so like, what world am I living in of just different needs, like gadgets, all these things that you're like, what am I doing? And so I'm like, I need some like normalcy. And so it was just honestly that like, seven years of my life, like just getting slammed with stuff. And, but I can say that I came out on the other side and I couldn't be happier. And I say that to people that are at the lowest moment right now, like there is another side. Um, but I also am very understanding that when you're in it, like that doesn't help in the sense of it's not overnight. Like you, nobody can click their fingers and say the right thing. Nobody can, make like the pain just like go away of, of what it's like to go through those ordeals. Um, 
you kind of just have to go through them and get through it. And like, it's sort of just like surviving, getting through them. I feel like I don't have, so when you kind of ask like, what would I do? It's not like I would be like, well, I could go do this and it would make me feel better. Like, no, I'm like, I honestly felt terrible, (laughs) terrible for a long, long time. And, um, I do wish like I had enjoyed some things. I wish now I'd walked around and been like, I'm pregnant and it's two of them. (laughs) I like wish I had been like, look how big my stomach is. It's awesome. And I just was, again, was like winter coat, winter coat, like, but that was the way that was like how I survived getting through that. Let me go to once you had the babies, where was your head? Were you able to feel grateful for all of it? Or there's some women that I I ask because I know there's some women that go through IVF and that get the normal postpartum feelings of the baby blues. And it can be very difficult for them because they're like, I just tried everything to have this. this, It's more pressure on yourself. Yeah. And I can't appreciate it or I think it's hard or I'm tired and you know all these things that you would normally feel in motherhood I've heard you know I didn't have to do IVF but I've heard for moms in that position it could be very like a a, a huge debilitating juxtaposition in their mind no so that was not my scenario I think I just I felt like I had fought so hard for so long that it was it was just this marathon that I had gotten to the end of finally. Um, and so even when life like throws you the curveballs of like, all of a sudden I had worked my whole life, which is part of the reason I had babies so late. And, um, and it was just like the irony of life of like working so hard to get where you're at, then to have these babies late in life. And as I'm, I remember being just like embarrassed because it made headlines of like, Oh, the ESPN had like these huge layoffs, but like only one person was on maternity leave with twins, like had just had twins. And I was so embarrassed. And I was like, Oh my God, I've embarrassed these kids that I just brought into this world. Like that's their mom is in this like that. But this is exactly like what went through my mind. I'm like, I remember taking a picture of my daughter the day it happened and being like, I just like embarrassed this kid that like, like what's wrong with their mother that they were just born. And like, that's how the headline is being made of like, um, headlines being made over these kids because I lost my job. You know what I mean? And it just like, I felt like I brought shame to them. And then I would have to take a step back and I would be like, okay, Sarah, if the situation was reversed and this was you a year ago or a year prior to that, or a year prior to that, when it's loss after loss after loss, and someone said, Hey, you can either lose your job or you can lose your kid. Like which Avenue are you going to take? And like, it's hundred percent, it's very yeah. clear. Wow. And yeah. so I think that's the perspective it gave me that, which would have been a difficult time for me professionally. It was just like one of those moments too, though. Where you're like, Oh my God, I finally, I finally just got like yeah. it all together. And yeah. I didn't, I never, I didn't because then that was taken away from me. And I remember every year, cause I worked like this weekend morning sports center and every year on mother's day, it was like a four hour torture fest of just like knife to the heart of me having to like do these pieces and throw to these stories. And like, uh, the other p- parents would like have their kids come in and I would have like, I like one of them had just had a miscarriage like the week before and it just was like terrible. And so I was going to return like from eternity, like mother's day was like a week or two later. Um, and so I was like that close to getting back and finally having like a happy, like ending to that story. And then the other part of the, the other piece of the story got pulled away. But the positive was like, I had such a, at that point, like such a good perspective of what was important in life that I was like, I'll survive the other stuff. You know what I mean? Like nothing, you're going to throw it to me now. Like I'm not going to survive. And like the perspective of like what's important in life. And I felt like, at least I told myself, like I'm doing these kids and me like a massive disservice if I'm going to be sad about the other stuff. Because you know, it's an ego thing. Like, you know, 
And like, I can attest to that. Like we're in the same field and it's like, if something happens with your career, it's a, it's a direct hit to your ego in my, in my experience, in my perspective, in my mind. I remember Oprah used to always say, you can have it all, just not at once. And I remember I used to be like, what do you know, Oprah? You don't know anything, Mm -hmm. Oprah. You have it. You know what I've ever done? Yeah. But that's the thing. Like Oprah has it all, but like Oprah doesn't have any children. And maybe that is something that she will, you know, and it's like, you have these two babies and it's like, yes, I have all these accolades. And yes, I, I reached national television and I fulfilled all my dreams. But like right now I can't have that. And maybe in a few years I will have that, but something else is going to give. And maybe at that point, my husband needs to walk away from baseball. You know, like you can have it all just not at once. And I think like you said, like leaning into that and being grateful is the number. And it's not easy. It's not no, easy. No, but it it's was really like really hard. apparent to me. Like, I think yeah. if it hadn't happened, like you can look at it two ways. Like it was really hard to have that happen when it did, or you can be like, it's really, I'm really grateful that it happened when yep. it did. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you could have looked at that two different ways. Um, well, like you said so- earlier, it's really hard to see it when you're in it. But then when you get away from it yeah. and like a couple months, a couple years down the road, you can evaluate and be like, okay, that happened. I don't want to say for a reason, but that I understand why things worked out that way. And I see the benefits of what happened. So maybe I need to trust the way things That's are. not what I wanted, but that's yeah. what I needed at that yeah. point in time. Like yeah. You, you, yeah. Because what was that like being able to stay? Like, did you immediately go out and, and seek another job or what did you do immediately following finding out that you were in the layoffs? Uh, moved. We moved from Connecticut back to Nashville. Mm-hmm. And which we had been talking about, how could we make that? We had been talking about that. Uh, how could we make but that? But there happen? was no was, way to make it work. There was no way to make it work. And, um, you know, one of the positives of ESPN is it's so big and there's so many different avenues. And we had had conversations. Could I dial back um, and not be someone that's in studio, like on a daily basis so that you had to live there? Could I have a job where you flew? Like, I'll get on a plane or whatever. We had had conversations about how could we get back to Nashville? And there was no on that horizon at that moment, that wasn't possible. So we immediately took the kids. We're like, we're going to go regroup in a city we want to live in. And so that was like immediate. And then I want to say it happened in May. I worked the next football season. No, I might've taken a season off and then I probably had a season off. And then I think I did some things here and there, but you know, it's like anything. And, you know, people ask for advice and you guys probably know this, like when people ask for career advice and there's so many people that want to be in broadcasting or the media industry and all this stuff. And I'm always like, if you want to make it happen, you'll make it happen. And you know what? There's a million no's out there. And I've had a million bad things happen, but I've also had a million like amazing things happen. And after that happened, it didn't. And I I said this to somebody this week, actually, um, that had unfortunately been laid off. And I was like, listen, here's the deal. This happens to so many people. And I'm like, and you will find the next thing and you will rebound. But here's the problem. We never, be it a job, be it a boyfriend, be it a miscarriage. It never, the rebound doesn't happen when we want it to happen, which is immediately, right? Like the boyfriend breaks yeah. up with you. You, you want a, a different boyfriend the next day. The, um, the, you get, you lose your job or you don't get the job you wanted. You want a better, different job the next day. You have a miscarriage. Like, what do you want? Like you want this, you, you want to try again. You want two babies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it yeah. doesn't, it doesn't happen. It never happens in life. If it does for you, good for you. But, um, it doesn't ever happen as fast as we want it to, you know? And so like, I I've said that to people and I'm such an example of it because I feel like I, I'm so fortunate to be in the spot that I'm in now and I'm having the best time and, and it's great and it's awesome. And I don't feel bad saying that because I've been in really, really crappy times. Um, but I wouldn't have had all of the good things if I didn't have the bad things. And, but I tell people all the time, it's whether you, 
give up or not. And especially in that industry, like you're going to get a million no's. And I think like people in acting or actresses will say the same thing. You know, how many times you get rejected before, you know, and how many people go, okay, well, I'm just, I'm going to quit and leave and, and be done with this. And, you know, same thing, but I will say this, like IVF, like, I think there's, it's mind blowing to me how expensive it is. Um, it's mind blowing to me that people, there are, there are people out there that can't do it and can't start a family simply because of money that it's not covered by insurance, that it's not. And so like the difference between somebody who would be these amazing parents that can, can't be parents shouldn't be money. Like that sucks. And, um, and so like, I, I just want to like say that in the sense of there's always hope. There's always a look, I was down to my last two eggs and I don't know what that would have looked like because there's somebody that has been down to their last two eggs or, or couldn't do it. Just couldn't, you couldn't Mm -hmm. do it and it's not possible. And that happens, but I think it opens another Avenue for something else, right? Like we, we might have adopted, like I still would love to adopt and like, you're never out of hope. It just might not look the way that you envisioned it. Painted it. Yeah. But sometimes that um, ends up better than what you could have expected. Yeah. It's just a matter of like, how far are you willing to go in terms of not quitting? But I just wanted to be like clear on like quitting because I know that there's people out there that's like, I did everything and it didn't work. Like this thing didn't work, but something can work. Like something can, can happen if you choose to, to keep going. And I, I kept going at a lot of times, but also the reality as a, and I don't like being a fraud, like is I, I wasn't like poly positive, (laughs) like behind the scenes. Um, it just wasn't, but you, can do that and not give up. Case, I want to tell you about this new app that I found that I'm obsessed with. It's called Johanna. It was created by a mom of four that is now doing this concierge service, so to speak, for really anybody, but the marketing is for moms. And I totally bought into it. (laughs) I have used it for so many things. The marketing was so smart because the way that it got me was like, are you too focused on your phone? Are you trying to do too much? Do you want to spend more time with your kids? Yes, all of those things are true. This app allows me to basically give a task to these specialists that go out and get it done. Okay, let me give you an example. The most annoying thing. It's the nicest thing, but it's so annoying. Ordering flowers for someone and sending them. Yes, 100%. But I am a control freak and I'm like, okay, like no carnations, no baby's breath, no pompous grass. That's just me. But that's what I want. So you can tell them that and they will get it done. Yes. There's a whole note section. You can put in what you want. You can tell them your budget. You can tell them the time it needs to be done by. And the thing is like, so what you're talking about right there, like it's not just like, okay, 100 flowers, I'm ordering them, blah, blah, right. blah. Like that's time for you to look through, okay, what does the bouquet look like? And the other thing is I like to do things at night. 100%. Jack's asleep. That's when I'm so productive and you can't call yep. at night. Yeah. So yeah, I found like even if I was physically present with my kids, I wasn't really present because I was on my phone trying to tick Mm -hmm. so many things off of my to-do list where now I'm just putting it into the app. The specialists are going in. They're asking any questions that they need from me to get it done and it's done. I'm pulling up my app because I want to see like what else I've used it for. It's been a million things. Oh my God. Graduation season. I had them order so many graduation gifts for me. Other things too. Like I want to be able to donate clothes or donate electronics or things that I'm finding in my house. And I don't want to be able to have to look up where to go. Like they just can send it to me. Here's all the places nearby. They've found recipes and meal planning has been super, super helpful. They can order 
groceries for the house. You can shop local for custom birthday cakes. You can research the local organizations that you want to volunteer as a family. Find a groomer for a new pet. I mean, literally, the list goes on and on. I've used it for so many things, especially with us moving to a new house in Florida, not really knowing the area. I had them look up a bunch of kids' activities in the area. So it's really just the best. This could also be super great for vacations. You're already planning travel and accommodations and figuring everything out. It's like, let them book your you know, taxis, your Ubers. Let them plan things and find out if you're going to a new place what they offer. Casey, I'll do you one better. They can plan all the travel. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, give them information. Your card is linked to the account. They can book your flight. They can book your hotel. They can actually do everything. There's a whole travel section, events. They can plan parties. I mean, I, I could this ad could be a million minutes long because I can tell you everything, but I absolutely love it. It is so helpful. They are offering this service for $129 right now. $129. I mean, you can't get that anywhere else. And it's unlimited. So for the amount of times and amount of tasks that you could put in, $129 a month is a freaking steal, let me tell you. So I'm putting the link to this in the show notes. I really think that you should check it out. It's it's super helpful, again, as a mom or just anybody, if you're trying to get some more time back to yourself. I found it's really made me a better mother. It's made me a better wife. It's made me a better person to just focus on the things that I really want to and get the nitty gritty stuff, I can hand it off and know that it's being taken care of. So again, Johanna app, it's amazing. Go to the link in our show notes and click on it and get started today for $129 a month. Tell us about your little ones, Hutton and Breeze. What are they like? I have a boy and a girl and one, if she's not going to be in this industry, I don't know what she's going to do because she's in trouble for talking at all times. <laughs> like literally Apple doesn't time. fall far from the tree then, I guess. Except, yeah. except when she hears a no, she'll be like, no, 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 no. Listen, I'm going to start on Monday and you're going to give me a $20,000 raise. Like, and yeah. I'm going to take your oh, parking yeah. spot. She's, um... <laughs> So it's funny because my son's just insanely athletic and has no confidence compared to her. She is not athletic and has the most confidence in the world. <laughs> and as we all know, like in this world, what gets you places? Like, yes, like we were, we were just talking we were about just that before you came on. And I said, it's not, we confidence. both said, it's not about your skill set because so many people get jobs that they're in their, in the quiet of their mind, in the deepest, darkest corner, they're like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. But if you approach every day with confidence and you ask for help and you better yourself and you're willing to learn, I think you can do whatever you want. Yeah. But your thing that you do is they are very competitive kids. Oh, super Like competitive. you do those like gladiator races around your, oh my God. I didn't, as someone who wouldn't even say, admit that they were pregnant and not share stuff. And then I had these kids and I just had this change of heart, but they also were so funny to me that right. I, I also, again, I say all this stuff and I'm like, oh, I'm so fortunate to have kids. And then I'm the first person to make fun of my kids. But I feel like we operate in a, a house of humor, but um, I've had different segments over the years. And I didn't mean to turn into segments. I'm not trying to be like a YouTuber or something, but I would just put them on Instagram. And literally it's the only thing people care about. It's my favorite but thing. It's the only thing people care about. So when they were a little bit younger, we did, um, oh, lessons in sportsmanship and they would race around the kitchen, but there, it was just like takedowns. It was cheating. It like fake always, crying, fake crying. Like there was one where your like, daughter fell flopping. and your son, yes, flopping. your daughter fell, your son went running over to her and you were like, oh, I thought he was running to like help her, but really he was just pulling her out of the way because he needed to scooter <laughs> by her. Yeah, or like she would thing. fake fall and then look for him to help, and then she would take take off. the lead. Yeah. yeah, it's just really they're really like um, manipulative in the funniest way, like with each <laughs> other. And then I had a segment for a while, and they haven't they haven't been like 
They haven't been giving me. Is this the gymnastics ones? No, the other oh. one I really liked was lying liars, where they would get caught doing something, <laughs> and I would like just berate them with questions, and she'd be like, "I didn't do that," and, I, and, and I'm like, I'd like rapid fire questions, and I'm like, "Who did?" Like she did this thing where she lost a ring and it's like a 10 cent ring, but she loses everything. And I'm like, so if I give this to you, you're like, you're not going to lose it. No, I'm not going to lose it. And then it's like, I know she lost it because I found it somewhere and I pick it up and I'm like, Hey, where's your ring? And she's like, Oh, it's in the bathroom. I'm like, is it the bathroom? Can you get it? And she's like, well, it might be in the bathroom, but it might be here. And I'm like, well, that's not what you just said. And like, we do this whole thing. Oh and she, my gosh. Like they're lying liars, but she, but she will sell it. Like she will sell yeah, it. She believes like, it in her heart. She will sell anything. And it's, it's actually incredible and it's a skill set. And like you said, she's gonna, there is, and then the, the most recent one, which has been a real popular hit, um, it's right up there with the golf rant is Tale of Two Gymnasts because my son is really good. He's like, he's just very athletic and she is, she's talking the entire time in class. She's can't do a cartwheel, but thinks she is incredible. Like thinks she is incredible. I relate and, to her a lot. As but like, that's being. what you need. So here's the thing. Like, she's the girl that falls off the balance beam and like, you didn't give me a 10. And then teachers <laughs> are like, well, you fell three times. And she's like, yeah, my routine was incredible. Like <laughs> it's, it's actually, and my mom will be like, these are so mean. You can't, my, the only, I'm always expecting, like, I always obviously expect the worst from people on social media. So I'm always waiting for someone to like mom shame me. I actually don't get it. Like I don't, Good. Um, it's shocking to me. Like if I do a tale of two gymnasts and there's a hundred comments, the only <laughs> negative comment that like, this is so mean and you need to stop is from my mother. And she's like, that's really yeah. mean. And I'm like, I don't know. 99 other people think it's really funny. And I'm like, I can make fun of her when she thinks she's amazing. And like, it's not hurting her feelings. Like she, she doesn't care. No. She does not no. care what you think. No, she. No, I, th- people are like, her. you need to pull her out of gymnastics. She's not good. And I'm like, she thinks she's great. You tell her she's not good. <laughs> um, so Taylor Two Gymnast is. Um, she's actually been getting better, which has sort of been sad for me lately. Because is like, she oh, able to do a cartwheel yet? She, not like she's not going to land it every time, but like the brother's doing like backflips with no hands. And she is, I'll say that she's like more focused in class where she would just be like chatty. She'd like fall down into walls. And like last week when I was there, she was listening the entire, I'm like, who is this kid? Like, I don't know this one, but, um, but yes, she, um, she, I had to be at school this morning. She won an award for being like most inquisitive. She asked the most questions and the teacher's like, she answers all the questions and then she answers everybody else's questions. And then she answers the questions I don't want her to answer. She like, asks yep. a question and then she answers it. <laughs> She's like, I got an answer for that. Yeah. All I can think of is, do you guys remember that Reese Witherspoon movie? And she was Tracy Flick. Was it election? And she like, all she oh, did yeah. like raise her hand. She was like the annoying kid in the front of the class. I'm like, is that my kid? Um, oh my wait, okay. So the she, other ones in the back she loves to talk. She has a great ego and she loves asking questions. She is, she needs, and she's beautiful. She needs her she's own podcast immediately. Yes. She's a future podcaster. She there, you know, what's so she's crazy? A star. They're, they're into these like YouTubers. And then she goes the other day and I'm tired. I'm like trying to not let them watch it. Cause the stuff they watch is just nonsense. And, um, and she's like, you don't want me to be a YouTuber. You don't want me to make money. And I'm like, yeah, I want you to make tons of money. So if you want to do all this dumb stuff and make like $10 million a year right now, I'm not stopping you. Like go, I would be all for that, but you're not. So can we turn it off? Cause it's annoying. Oh my God. Yeah. She's like, well, buy me toys so I can review them. Yeah. Yeah, Like, isn't that what they do? Like, that's the thing. Yeah. I think that kid makes $30 million a year opening toys. It's insane. I know. I know. But the stuff they watch is honestly, it's so dumb. It's It's mind numbing. It's so dumb. Yeah, it's my numbing. And I'm like, you guys, I don't understand how you guys are not annoyed by these voices. And um, 
Again, this is where I'm not a good mom. Like they're watching some kid the other day and he's so annoying. And I go, this guy has, I was like, he literally has no friends. And I I don't, I don't even remember. I don't, I'm like, this kid's never left his basement. He has no friends. You guys have to stop. And she, she was like, comes up to me and I can't remember what his name is. Let's just say Greg. She's like, Greg does have a lot of friends. Rob comes over all the time. I go, who are you talking about? And she's like, Greg on TV. I go, you know who Greg's got coming over to his house? Like, she's so funny and like they're invested, but. Okay. Okay. I have a counterpoint to that. Like, are we not like that with reality shows sometimes though? We get very invested into our characters. Yeah, but you. No, I'm into that. I definitely am into it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm into it, but. I don't know them watching somebody play video games. I'm like, I, I don't know. get that. I'm like, don't you guys want to play the video games? You want to watch somebody else play. So here's the, I, to that. I don't want to watch somebody else watch my reality I want to do it. Yeah. I want to watch the reality show. Right. Like, yes. I'm not okay. So tell me, tell it. me about your reality guilty pleasures. What are your favorites? Uh, housewives. And by the way, like I'm very, so like Matt will get on me and be like, he tried to, this was, he tried his golf rebuttal was like, Oh, well you are watching reality shows. I go, yeah, it's one hour. The OC is one hour. Yeah. And like, and I don't do every, I don't do all of them. I, and you're probably cleaning the kitchen and doing wash while you're watching it. Yeah, that's being a little generous. Casey. Not exactly. <laughs> I'm in, I'm in bed. That's the end of my night. Like, um, that's my treat at the end of the day. Uh, no, I'm watching OC, which just, uh, they're in the reunion and I, who, who else was on? Oh, the new New York. And, um, and I'm like, so how sad is that? Man. It's good. I wasn't into the old New York. Like I, but I couldn't. Um, I could, I just, there's, there's rarely are there ones that I can't get into, but New York was one of them. But so I've tried to get into the new one, but then when they end, cause I don't, I don't like watch a ton of that. Like I watch one. So if I'm watching OC, I watch OC once a week. Um, and then when the season ends, I'm like, Oh, what am I going to do myself? But I don't do it like exhaustively. Okay. So with the experience that you have in the sports industry between being on TV for it and covering it, but also playing it yourself, what are some things that you want to impart on your kids about sports and are you going to let them play? Yeah. Like we'll let them do whatever they want, obviously to an extent. Um, <laughs> Cause if we let them do what they want. Hutton would be living by herself already. Um, <laughs> like she, she really would. Uh, yeah. I mean, Matt wants them to be golfers obviously. And, or he'd love them to be a tennis player and be like out on tour. Um, but we would let them, you know, do whatever we want. Like the one thing like we try to impart on them. And I think having twins helps. This is like, like Hutton's like a little spitfire. Like again, not as athletic as her brother, but she's gritty. And I love it. Like on a soccer field, she's gritty. She is not as good as him. She can't outrun him, but like she'll like shove a person down, like to get the ball. And my mom's like, you need to stop that. And I'm like, I don't know. Do I like, she's kind of (laughs) like, she's kind of like the glue. Like she's like the clubhouse guy. Yeah. Like you need people like that. Yeah. And she's like, you don't tell her to dial back being aggressive. And like, she's kind of like slinging some boys to the ground and I love it. And my mom's like, you know, it's really poor sportsmanship. And I'm like, okay, I'll tell her. And I'm like, I'm like, that's what makes her hurt. Like within reason, she's not like punching someone, but, right. um, but yeah, I like, uh, he needs more confidence. Like he needs, like, he just gets dominated by her and I don't understand it. And, um, and so like, I think, you know, for her, like I would, I, I hope she never loses that kind of confidence and I, and that belief in herself. And, and I just want them to be tough in the sense of, you know, don't be whiners. Don't be like, I'm like, we got to suck it up and do this. And like, I've tried to impart that stuff on them and, and to be good human beings to other people. Um, I don't care. Like, you know, like they're in this phase where not phase, but 
again, like they have a ton of homework and they're in the first grade. And I'm like, I don't remember doing this in yeah. high school or college. The stupid, like, those stupid turkeys. Like what the turkey, the craft project. <laughs> and like, I've just learned to be, look, there's like, I feel like there's really good moms out there and I'm just not one. There's things you're going to be good at in life and things you're not. And yeah. I'm not cut out for certain mom things. Like we I'm talked about that. Yet. Like the PTO thing is hard. I'm not like, it's a, it's a tough like world for me in terms of just it. <laughs> like, and there's people that they're great at that. And like, I have one girlfriend and this is where I think she's great. Is like, she realizes, like she realizes that about me. And she like when the one that called me when I was on the broadcast and she's like calling. Cause she's like, she knows I'm not good at that. Like yeah. she knows I probably don't she's, know. Right. She knows like, like there, if I didn't do it, then there's zero chance that Sarah did it. I should call her. <laughs> oh no, she did it. And it's got the glitter and the sparkles yep. and it lights up. She's that. And like, that's great. And, a, but, um, she also doesn't judge me for not being that. Yeah. So I love her. And so it's kind of like, Hey, it's always like, I'm sure you know this, but I thought like, there's a time she's like, I'm just, I'm sure you know this, but um, there's no school tomorrow. Like that. Kind of stuff. <laughs> and like, you know, she knows, I don't know. Like, um, and you need people like that in your life. Um, because then there's the judgy kind and there's the, look, there's the people that are going to like kill the class projects. And um, I, I know like, I'm not going to be that person. Like I'm not, that's not necessarily what I bring to the table, but I hope I like bring to the table, these kids are good people and treat other people well and have broader horizons of they've gotten to travel around a lot. Uh, you know, we, even when they were born and we moved from Nashville to Connecticut, I mean, they were in, um, from the time they were born to a year old, I can't remember now, but it was like, they lived in six or seven places in the first year of their life. And I, and I do feel I did. And I do still feel guilty. Like I, I worked so hard and this is stupid. And I don't know if this is like a woman thing. Cause my husband doesn't think twice about this. And he's like, who cares? I'm like, I never got to bring them home to like a baby room. Like I didn't have a baby room. No, that's a thing. Right. It's, and and I'm, a, a I'm convinced that it's just, it's like a gender thing. Yeah. It's like, that is one of like the great mysteries. Yeah. I, I was actually going to ask you that in the beginning. Yeah. He's like, do you remember what your baby, you, you have no comprehension what that looked like. And I'm like, of course I don't. Right. And I just felt bad that I felt like I worked so hard and I didn't have, you know, and you see all these influences, these videos and I did the nursery. I, I never had a nursery because we didn't put one together. We got back. We, when we moved, we had them in Florida. We, I was down there for maternity leave because we were down in Florida when they got pulled early. And then when I returned to ESPN, um, we landed and I was laid off the next morning. Like we hadn't, and I was like, I can make this work. I can do this. So then we immediately moved back to Nashville and then we were in a condo and then we were looking for a house and we bounced around and like they, they slept in pack and plays. They, um, but they are, then they went to spring training, then they, you know, and so you're renting whatever apartment you can barely get because it's hard to find rentals it's insane. in that time of year. It's a stressful thing and it's way stress. It's like way more stressful when you're now you have two kids and it's all their stuff. Um, so the first year of their life, like they did not, I don't even know when they, they didn't have a crib until they were over a year old. And, uh, and I just felt like so guilty. Like I just, it's not even it's just like, I never had that like room that you walked in yeah. and I got to decorate it. And, um, and, but it's not but to your they'll husband sleep anywhere. They'll do anything. Yeah. Like 
it's not so much of the experience for them and like, are they going to remember it in 20 years? Yeah. But it's an experience for you as a mom, yeah. especially because you said you yep. didn't really embrace the pregnancy. You know, the birth was yeah. pretty traumatic. It's like, I, you just want something about I just this wanted like some journey. little normalcy. Yeah. yeah, like something that was normal. And so then you do look back and I'm like, oh, I didn't get to have that. I didn't get to have a baby shower. I didn't get to have, I didn't do like a reveal. Like I didn't, I mean, I <laughs> Same. I didn't do, yeah, like I didn't do any of those things. And, and, but I, but my, my not doing it is a protest to not doing it. Uh, well, good for you. I mean, they, that's a new, that didn't used to exist in the way it does now. You know what wasn't, I, Gianna and I talked about this. What never was a thing was a sprinkle. Yeah. What's a sprinkle? It's when you already had a shower and you don't need that much. You just need a little bit. You know, I think, so yes, I never heard of a sprinkle. Like uh, like if we asked, I'm sure any of our parents, they wouldn't know what a sprinkle is, but I'll say this. Yeah. Like, you would get hit with a Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's yeah, what I got Like that's with. how yeah. my parents would be. But at the same time, if you want to celebrate that you're having a baby, like, yeah, awesome. yes. like celebrate that you're having a baby and you should. And I, I've even had talks with people that have had miscarriages and like are in that same fear that I was. And so they don't want to like go down that road. And I will say, I regret that I didn't allow myself a second to enjoy it. Like I did not allow myself a moment of peace of like, this might work out for you. Like I, it was just a very cautious, okay, can we get to week 20? Can we get to week 22? Can we get to week 25? Can Like to me, it was like- You lived in fear. I lived in complete fear. Like, can these babies survive? That's all I cared about. And so, yeah, I, and I'll be honest, it probably, if I had had a baby shower, like seeing presents, like probably would have, all I would have thought overwhelming. is like- It would have thrown you over the edge. Yeah. <laughs> like you're going to like, look at this pile of stuff. Like you might have to return. Like these might not be for real. Like these might not be- that was just, and again, I think most people, if you've been through it multiple times where it's never worked out, and I think it would be different too, if, you know, cause this happens in so many different manners of ways. And I'm not saying that it's harder or easier, but like, I think there's, there's people that have a baby, right? Have no problems, have a baby normal way and then have a miscarriage. And then there's, it's called, what is it? I think it's called secondary um, infertility where like, then you can't get pregnant again. Or like, there's, you know, people go through so many different things. But you knew at one point, at least what it was like to get through without to be to get through unscathed. And I never knew that. And if you go through multiple things, it just scars you of like, so I tell people, I say all that. And then I'm like, so don't do what I did. Like, even though it's sort of understandable, but I'm like, if you can allow yourself to enjoy it, like, don't feel guilty, um, you know, taking a moment to be like, and I, and by the way, there's also people that I know that have been through it that get pregnant and they're like, I'm going to announce it right away because so many of them have gotten taken away from me yeah. that I want to like validate this into existence. And so I always try to think like, there's not a right way or a wrong way or a way to do something. It's doing what's right for you. Yeah. You know? That's a whole um, topic that we've, I've touched on in other podcasts that I've done about like, this whole society thing of like, you're not supposed to announce it until it's 12 weeks. That's kind of taking away the validity of it and saying, you know, so people say like, Oh, I had a miscarriage. Like, well, when did you have it? Oh, at 10 weeks. Oh, well it wasn't, it wasn't even like, you know, time yet. Well, what does that mean? Like just because it's become the standard on social media to announce at that time after your first trimester has certainly made things a little weird too. I just think people have to do like what's right for them and yeah. like the judging or whatever. I mean, again, and people, it comes from like a, you know, it comes from a place of 
like people's experiences. Right. And so I, I do not very many people like knew that I was pregnant, but if you caught me on the right angle of a camera or something, you could figure it out. And I just remember someone being like, um, I didn't have it bad. Like I wouldn't say that I was getting like stuff online, which a lot of people do, but I just remember Mm -hmm. someone being like, why do you think you're hiding your pregnancy? And I'm kind of just like, why do you think you're out? There's a reason, right? Like you think, cool. You think you're outing me for it. You know what I mean? Like there is a reason, like it's not because I don't want to be pregnant or it's not because, you know, like there's a reason because I don't know if I will be next week. You know what I mean? And I also don't don't, owe you anything. That's the other, that's the other, um, I guess like pressure or the other like expected behavior is that like, if you are on TV or if you put yourself in a certain position, like you are expected or you're mandated to share everything. And that's the other yeah. part that you have to protect. I just, I remember um, being like, I'm going to try to be as quiet about this as possible. Or how, I remember thinking, how long can I hide it? How long can I hide it? And my husband's like, um, I don't know how to tell you this, but it's, this is a losing battle for you. He's mm-hmm. like, there's, there, there's no way you're going to get to nine months pregnant and no one's going to know. And especially with twins. And I kind of did. Well, cause I didn't get to all the way to nine months. Um, like I said, if you were next to me, um, in studio, you knew, but if you shot me straight on, like I just got lucky and certain, I could sit certain ways. I could put certain things up that not, but how was that? How was that at work? Like when somebody would be like, Oh, are you pregnant? You're just like, no, no one really said anything. I, um, you know, the, a couple of people that I worked with on a regular basis, I had told, but I remember, you would sit there for sports center. You'd sit in these things. They're called like show pods. So, cause there was like a six o'clock sports center, a noon sports center, whatever. So you'd sit in these like pods. And I remember there was a girl um, that was in our pod that was pregnant at the same time as me. And she talked a lot about it. And I was sitting there and I'm like, nobody knows, like I'm the exact same amount along as her. Mm. And so they would have random conversations and I just wouldn't say anything. Um, and at the, like at the very end, people knew, but also, um, I remember being right before I had them, we were in Tampa for the national championship game was being held in Tampa. And I, there was some like party event thing and we get ready. It was like a, I don't want to say red carpet, but you know, like it was like one of these entrance things to right. basically a red carpet kind of thing. But like, I'm not trying to pretend we're at the Academy Awards, but, um, like one, who was it? Was it, um, it was Jay, this guy, Jay Crawford, who I worked with and I loved and we had done shows together and someone looked at me, a woman and was like, Oh my gosh, congratulations. Um, we're so happy you're pregnant. Cause you know, like women know, and Jay's standing next to me, he goes, who's pregnant. And I'm like, I'm pregnant. And he's like, what? And I'm like, Jay, I'm pregnant. And like, and I was like, I, again, by the way, like guys aren't super perceptive. Like some of them are, but like, they're not like super perceptive. Like they're not like on top of like looking for, you know, and, but then what, then sometimes when they are, women are like, how dare you? And they're like, Oh, yeah, you know. <laughs> no. Like, so that, well, there's also, so that's the other thing. Like it's, it's touchy, right. To say stuff. Yeah. Like, so uh, no, I just, I didn't get asked a lot. I didn't, you know, like certain people that needed to know, like knew. Um, but it was, you know what it was, is there just wasn't an announcement. If that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if I was in a conversation with somebody like in front of them, we, we would have a conversation about it, but there was never like a public announcement. Like I didn't, right. there was never a post. There was never anything. I never said anything about it on television. Like there just was never that public announcement of it happening. And to your point though, where you're like, why do we think, you know, and there's like celebrities out there and we're like, you know, people think that you have, that they are owed that. And like, those people don't owe us anything, you know, like they don't owe us to tell us that they are having a kid. And again, none of us know like what people have been through. And the other thing that's weird is, um, you get a lot. And until 
and I've done this, like I've done all these things not realizing until I was in that position. I still, even to this day get, and I'm too old anyway, but like to this day, I'd be like, don't you want to have more? And like, I can't, like I could barely have, like people say that and they don't realize like sometimes that when you ask like people, do they want to have more or do they want to have kids? Like, it's like, it's tough, you know? Like, yeah, I do. I've been trying for three years. You know, you don't know yeah. I, I got a lot of that or I got like, God, how do you not want to have babies with Matt? Like, he's so cute. Like, how do you, and I'm like, <laughs> Like all the time, like people think it's like, you're like, you're like, there are a lot of things wrong with that, but I'm just going to move past it. But they're like, I I had people like say that all the time and they're like, oh, you guys have babies. And then, and you're sitting there and I'm like, yeah, I had a miscarriage yesterday. So cool. Like, but they're not trying to make you feel bad. And Mm -hmm. I realize that, but it's just a very, it's made me like realize, like, I don't ask people if they want to have kids. Like I don't, I just don't even ask people that. Um, obviously if it's like your friends that you know, but I don't ever say to someone like, when are you guys going to have kids? Or do you want to have kids? Cause you just don't know, like they might really want to have kids, but they don't want to get into that conversation of like, they're struggling. Like it just changed. Obviously it changes like your perspective on that whole like world. Yeah. You become more sensitive to it and yeah. more understanding. Yeah. Just, I think one, like my last question would be, you talked a lot about how you were at your lowest low. Um, one of the quotes you said in the health.com article, you said, I just really didn't want to have to tell the whole world that I lost the babies and losing babies was all I've ever known. Yeah. How did you pull yourself out of that? Was it Matt? Was it a therapist? Like what? Cause you said you weren't the most hopeful person. You weren't the most positive person. So like, what was it? Like, what did you find within yourself to get through? I, this, I, I think this is going to sound so bad in some ways that um, what got me through is that those two eggs work. You know what I mean? And I feel, and I, why I say it sounds bad, I feel so bad about it. Cause what if they didn't? And I don't know what that outcome looks like. You know, I don't know. I've never been in my entire life more scared than I was to take the test to find out if it worked. Cause knowing that there was nothing left, knowing that like doing more cycles was probably not going to help. I blew off the pregnancy test. So when you go through IVF, I can't remember now, but there's like a certain day after that you go in to do blood work to find out if it worked. And somebody tipped me off. I didn't, I don't know why this genius idea didn't occur to me. They're like, wait, why would you wait and let them tell you like, go get a pregnancy test. And I'm like, genius. Like, <laughs> I, like you're like, you're Oh my God, I pee every day. <laughs> oh my God. They sell these at the drugstore. What are you talking about? And so, but I just wasn't thinking. So there's an appointment. So, uh, and, and my thought also was if you're, so let's say I can't, I can't really rem- I can't remember what it was. Let's say you have IVF. Let's just say it's seven days later and it's somewhere in that range it might be 10. It might don't quote me on any of that, but, um, if I'm pregnant, I'm going to, well, hopefully I would be pregnant on like day seven and eight and nine and 10, you know what I mean? Cause you want it to continue. Um, so if I take that test, if I go in and take that blood test, that blood work test and it it doesn't work, like hope is gone like it's gone. And that's what I talk about. Like there was just always suspended somewhere out there, either be it in a, um, IVF freezer or in the transfer process, there was like a little, two little seeds of like hope. And if I went and took that pregnancy test and I'm not pregnant, like there is no more hope. So I didn't show up. Like I didn't show up to the pregnancy test. And then the doctor's office called and they're like, you didn't show up today. Just didn't answer it. Um, I don't show up the next day. Like Matt's wow. on the other side of the country. He's like, you gotta go, you gotta go like find out like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't want to find out. Like, I don't want to find out. I don't want to take it. And then my girlfriend who tipped me off to the 
crazy news that Walgreens sells pregnancy tests. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it alone because I don't want to go do this in the office. Like I don't want to whatever. And so, you know, um, if you've ever peed on a stick, it's like the 60 second delay. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. it takes two seconds for that little like line to show up or whatever, whatever that amount of time is, let's say it's 60 seconds. Well, that's like the longest 60 seconds. And I just remember feeling like I was having a heart attack. So I go pee on a stick. I put the stick down and then again, I'm not looking, I can't look at it. Like I couldn't even look at it because I'm like, and I just remember like walking around the house and feeling like I was going to have a panic attack. Like I couldn't breathe. Cause like that was it. And then I'm going to have to call someone who's like warming up for their game. That's on, in like California at some time, at some point, like he was on the West coast that year. And, um, I'm going to have to call him and be like, it didn't work or like, it just didn't like, and I will say when you said like hope, like all the times I didn't have hope, whether he believed it or not, he did. Um, but he's going through it in a different way than I am. And somebody had to be positive and it was him, but he's also not there like on a regular basis or at a basis at all. Um, wasn't there when I transferred the eggs, wasn't there for, I mean, wasn't there. And that was just the reality of our situation. And the scariest thing I've ever done in my life, like more so than like delivery day, any of it was like waiting to see the results on that stick. And I even knew that like, that still didn't mean I had a baby, like for the entire duration of that thing didn't mean I had a baby, but it was just the idea of hope being evaporated. And so the long winded way of answering that question is like, I, what pulled me out of it was that it worked. Um, and there's a scenario that it could not have worked. And I don't know like what that outcome would have been. And I feel like brokenhearted for anybody that's dealing with that situation. That's me. And they go and pick that up and it's not that, you know, um, because what did you feel? What did you feel when you picked up the test? Like how long did it take you to walk back over and pick up? Yeah, the test? How many did like, you take? Like <laughs> three hours. No, I only had one, like three hours. No, no, no. It wasn't three hours. It felt no. like it. it was like one of those things. Like, um, you know, if like, if you've ever been on TV and something goes wrong, like I had a situation, um, recently that, uh, somebody needed this graphic to pop up. They really <laughs> this graphic pop up and it didn't pop up and it wasn't me. Like I tossed to them, this analyst and, we're like, where's the graphic? Where's the graphic? Cause it was really, really, really difficult names. I want to say it was like an Uzbekistan, like soccer lineup anyway. Yeah. And you know, that moment where it feels <laughs> like it on air, it was probably like 20 seconds. Not yes. It might but it not was have been that. And I'm like, Oh my God, we've been, it's three minutes. Your whole minutes. body <laughs> is hot. You're I'm like, sweating. I'm like where you don't think you can no, sweat. The guy yes. next to me is like in trouble. Like he needs this lineup to get up and I don't know how to help him because like, I don't know who the, I don't know. Like, it was that moment. And so where your time, your, what you think is time, like time is work. But I, so it probably, it was not, I didn't, I did not sit there with it and look at it. Cause I, couldn't like I put it down I walked away and then I was like really having like breathing problems and by the way been on like television done all sorts of things like been in awkward situations you name it like I've never had like my heart like hammering like those like Like you could feel it yeah that was literally it and again if we knew that there were other eggs if we knew that there were other options if we knew that there were like here was going to be the backup plan like that was truly like it for us end of the line. And like, so yeah, it, it, um, that's, that's literally in in fairness, like that's what got me through it is that we all of a sudden had hope like left and, and we like fought for that to happen and, and didn't give up. But I don't know the reality is, is like, it's, I'm very understanding of it's easy for me to be like, I got through it because at the end of the day, I have two kids and I, I, it's very scary to to think about, um, that it could have not gone that way. And statistically, if I had looked at what the statistics say on, you only have two eggs and you're, I mean, there's people that do transfer after transfer after transfer. 
And so I have always looked at my situation as even in the worst of times, like very fortunate because there's kind of just no other way you can look at that stuff that way. I love that. That's a You're amazing. beautiful note to close on. I can't thank you enough for being here and for sharing your story. There were so many things that you were saying that I'm like, that is going to resonate. That is going to resonate. Somebody is going to hang on to that quote. So that's really going to help somebody. So it's, it's a really powerful story. And I'm just happy that your story did and the way that it did. And you have those two beautiful children. Um, I also would be remiss if I did not ask somebody from the NFL network, these two questions before we leave one being Uh-oh. Uh-oh. who's winning the Super Bowl this year. Oh, um, just say the Eagles, Sarah. Just spare yourself. Just say the Eagles. <laughs> oh, you know, okay. Um, they're really good. I will say this because I just saw them on Monday Night Football here, and um, and I deal with the Bucks a lot. And I, I think oh, were you Bucks at that? Good. Were you at that game? Yeah. Oh, I was there uh, too. Monday night. Oh, you here in Tampa? Oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And um, I, I would have said hi to you in person. If yeah. I so it made me realize this, like the Bucks are a good team. They got beat by a team that's just better. Like the Eagles are really, really good. But if I'm being quite honest, what popped in my head when you asked me that question, I know what you're going to say. Uh, I would say that what, you know what I'm going to say? She's going to say the Chiefs. Nope. I was <gasps> going to say the Niners. Oh, oh. Okay. good for them. Good for the Niners. You know what? I think they, I think they, they're, they're ready for one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They are ready for I, that's one. just like, it's just in the back of my head. Like that's what popped in my head. But speaking yeah. of the, Chiefs, I like that. My second question was, are Taylor and Travis going to make it to the end of football season, to the end of the week? Where are we at? <laughs> I mean, where, where are they going to make it to? You know what? I don't think that like, who am I? Again, this is where like, I feel so stupid. Who Like, I don't know what Travis and, and, and Taylor are really doing. I don't think from the reports, which I do actually follow a lot of, um, uh Oh, here we go. I this is some tea. No, it's not tea. It's not anything from, except that the magazines, like the, the like articles that I read when I'm not doing my job, which is actually a lot. Um, <laughs> no, I don't think they've really hung out all that much. Yeah. So I think everyone thinks that this is a full blown relationship. And by the way, maybe so they either. totally like each other. I think other, they're having fun. Go I think thing. they're having fun. I think she's in like a, She's like in between where she has to be out on tour. Yeah. I think she's having a great time. Like, Well, this is what I said too. Like she's always dated these like artists who are like emotional and feely and like maybe she just wants to, you know, date like the hot football player. Like she's just like, I I want the caveman. Yeah. To your point on that, I'm always like, think about like these dudes that are like really artsy and smaller than her. Yeah. (laughs) And she's tall and like, she's so tall and statuesque. She must love how like... Yeah. He's like a huge dude. Like, I, by the way, I love that. Like, yeah, last same. week, like, here's an example. I did a, on the field when the game ended, I was at Ravens last week. Mark Andrews is this massive tight end. Like, he's one of these people that up in the press box, you can look down, you're like, that guy's way bigger than everyone. He's just huge. And I remember sitting to my producer, I'm like, ah, because I'm not a tiny person. And I'm like, ah, oh, I'm going to look so tiny. Like, okay, no, like, no, no, no. You I are a it. tiny person. You're just tall. No. You are a very tiny person. Yes. I'm not like tiny bone. But regardless, I love whenever I did stuff with Gronk, she is. I would look so small <laughs> because he's a huge person. Yeah. And so I thought the same thing. I'm like, she must be like, he's gigantic. And I... I like feeling like a lot smaller. Yeah. Some people, like, yeah. So I got, I'm one of my girlfriends, like, loves short guy. Like, that's her thing. Yeah. And like, but Taylor's short been kings, with, like, baby. But, but Taylor's been with all these like artsy people that it's like a real, um, I think it's like fun for anyone in life to go do something different. And she hasn't really been in that venue, but also she looks like she's having a great time. She's, she's a going great time. to games. She's banging on the glass. Like that this is, is yeah. different. Let the girl yeah. have fun. She's living a real life for a little bit. Let the girl have fun. Well, thank you so, so much for everything that you shared today. I really appreciate you. you taking the time to do this. Good to talk to you guys. Yeah, you're the best. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to Mother Up. We have new episodes every Monday. In the meantime, follow us on social by searching at Mother Up Pod. Got a topic you want us to cover? A story you want us to share? Give us a shout on our website, www.motheruppod.com. Production support for today's episode provided by Katie Anderson, also a mom of HomeAway Studios. I'm Gianna Demedio simon And I'm Casey McDonald-Hosmer. Have a great week. And remember, whenever you're feeling down, mother up. <laughs> <laughs>